Hi, welcome to Anto Knows. This is episode 57, season 2, and episode 5. Okay? Today we're going to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the comic books, and their origins, and where they all came from. Ever wonder where all of that came from? Well, I'm going to tell you today. Uh, my suggestion to you, if you want lots more information about the Turtles, definitely seek out this uh, great documentary called Turtle Power. It talks to the two original creators. It talks about their ventures into every form of media. It's really great. So, way back when, in 1984, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created in comics. Kevin Eastman and David Lord. They were the two men who met by circumstance. One of them uh, used to do a fanzine, and that was like these little like comic magazines where young artists wanted to like uh, draw their art or do a little comic strip about adventure or heroes or whatever. And one of them found it on a bus on his way to do a pizza delivery job. So he found out the address, and he found his phone number, and he called him. And then they went, uh, they met up together, and he, and both of them admired Jack Kirby, who was an artist, the famous Jack Kirby, worked with Stan Lee. Uh, they worked, uh, they both admired Frank Miller, worked on Daredevil at the time. And so eventually they decided to create a thing called Mirage Studios. Why Mirage, you may ask? Because it was a studio that didn't exist. It was them in their kitchen or in their living room with their little drawing pads and their little uh, drawing boards drawing everything. So one day, on a, on a night, they were just sitting around watching a lot of really bad TV. They decided to do a drawing contest. So one of them drew a turtle wearing a mask and had a pair of ninchucks strapped to his arms. And so the other fellow's like, well, I have to outdo you. So he drew all four Ninja Turtles wearing masks, wearing elbow pads and knee pads, and uh, each of them carrying a different weapon, a psi, a bow, a pair of katanas, and a pair of ninchucks. And they went, hmm, that's pretty good. So he added in Teenager, they added in Mutants, because that was popular at the time with the X-Men, and uh, Turtle, because that's what they were. And they said, you know, that, that we may have got something there. We may have something that we want to... Uh, uh, so this all started because they were just sitting around drawing and watching bad TV. So... It took them a couple of months, but they eventually did a layout to a story. And after uh, borrowing some money from relatives and getting a tax refund, they got enough to get a print run. And the cover was in color, but the uh, inside was in black and white because it was just easier to print. And they got it sent out to comic book stores and they just figured, well, let's take a risk. Let's roll the dice and see what happens. There was no GoFundMe in those days. There was no nothing. They all did it themselves. So the first story went out to comic book stores in 1984. Okay? 
And uh, the story of the origins is about this. Okay, never seen or read the original Ninja Turtles comic book. I have a second run print of it. I don't have a first run print because that's worth lots of money. Uh, if you have one, if you have one in your comic book collection, there you go. In this version, Splinter, their sensei, is a rat who's a pet of his master, Yoshi, Amato Yoshi. Yoshi is murdered by Oroko Saki, later known as the Shredder. Okay? Uh, the idea that they got for the Shredder was they saw the uh, one time they saw at this flea market this this device that can cut like all kinds of cold slices. Somebody wore this. They said it would be lethal, and so they came up with this idea of the shredder. They thought that that was a, a, a great name for a villain. Okay, Splinter was left alone in New York after Yoshi's murder, and uh, he uh, eventually was living in the sewers all by himself. And he finds a bunch of baby turtles that were dropped down the drain by accident. And uh, as an homage to Daredevil, the same truck that hit Daredevil uh, when it made him blind but gave him super sight and super uh, senses, he, uh, the same toxic ooze that leaked into the sewers created the turtles and created... Uh, uh, splinter. So both, all of them became anthropomorphic creatures because they were near humans, so they were turned into anthropomorphic. So Splinter named them after Renaissance artists that he liked. Uh, Leonardo, who leads, is the leader and wields katanas. His hot-headed brother, uh, Raphael, who wields size. Donatello, who's sort of the Warrior for peace and interested in science wields a simple wooden bow. And Michelangelo, lots of kids love because he's sort of the fun, happy turtle, wields a pair of ninjaks. Okay? The first they first face off with the Shredder and the Foot Clan on top of a roof. And uh, the Shredder is supposedly killed. Now you would say, why kill off your main villain was such an interesting villain and kill him off so quickly. Uh, the last panel of the book has one of the turtles throwing a piece of Shredder's armor off into the garbage, and he's, he says, we're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We strike hard and fade away. So Because they thought, one issue, maybe they'll get uh, something popular, maybe it'll catch on, maybe it won't. They didn't know. And lo and behold... It was a huge hit, and they uh, face off against the Foot Clan and defeat him, and he's blown up, and that's the end. But, nope. Mirage Studios, they said to him, it's a hit with comic book stores. They sent them letters and said, we love the Turtles. We want more. So Mirage Studios said, wow, they want more? Okay. So one of the creators had an ex-girlfriend named April O'Neill. Now, in this story, she is not a reporter. And when I found that out the first time, I didn't believe it either. Okay? Here, she's a computer expert who works for a 
scientist named and a roboticist named Baxter Stockman. When we talk about the cartoons, we'll talk about the two differences between the two guys. He creates these little machines called Mausers that were meant to go and exterminate rats. But he decides to, because they don't accept his ideas, these Mausers can not only hunt down rats, but can destroy entire buildings because their large mouths can just chew the foundations of the buildings and tear them to pieces. And they're called uh, Mausers, right? So he unleashes them on April because she discovers his plan to terrorize the city. So she runs into the turtles. The turtles and uh, Splendor tell them of their origins, and he, uh, she decides to be friends with them. And they, she says, you've got to help me stop Baxter because he's going to unleash this on the entire city, and there's no one else that can stop him. Uh, so eventually they go and they are, uh, uh, they defeat Baxter and he, uh, they turn off his computer just at, in the nick of time. And that was just all an issue too. Uh, again, I have a second print of that. I have that, uh, wonderful cover. I don't have the one with the, if you have the one with the, the larger size book and it has a Mauser on the cover, then you uh, have a lot of money there. Even the second appearance, because you have the first appearance of April O'Neil there. When the turtles return to their lair, they find Splinter is missing and a smashed Mauser. So they have no idea where their master is. So April takes them in, and they live in her apartment for a while. And this story uh, continues. As they search for Splinter, uh, they uh, go through many, many, many adventures. Eventually, they find their master, and this leads them to outer space and also leads them to the dinosaur race called the Triceratopsins and the Fugitoid and the Utrons, uh, these fellas that are have robot bodies, but they're like brains in their uh, stomach. So they look human from their appearance, but... Underneath their chest, their little uh, brains. So uh, the turtles uh, also run into a robot whose body has been uh, changed with the uh, of his master, and they call him the Fugitoid. Uh, he comes in later in the cartoon series and and everything like that. All of this eventually makes that that way there. Okay. And uh, they find Splinter and return to Earth. This uh, eventually takes them a long time, but they uh, eventually do. They also run into a very famous comic book character called Cerebus the Aardvark. Cerebus goes through a lot of adventures. At that time, uh, this story, uh, they end up with this uh, girl who's wielding a time scepter. So she takes the turtles back to the Middle Ages they run into Cerebus, who is this barbarian who's trying to stop this wizard, uh, who is another evil time traveler who wants to get his hands on the scepter. So they go, and eventually everybody goes back to their own time, and this, this girl, she eventually ends up 
being punished by her time masters who are like sort of like the time lords in many ways. Somebody must be a Doctor Who fan. They also run into another signature character, Casey Jones. Casey Jones, he, he said what they did this special with Raphael called uh, with Raphael, just called Raphael. If you remember this from the movie, he runs into this guy who's just as crazy as he is, and he carries a golf bag filled with sports equipment. So hockey clubs, golf clubs, cricket bats, baseball bats, and he goes going running around beating up on criminals, right? And Casey Jones was, uh, Kevin Eastman was a big fan of Big Trouble in Little China. And can't keep a good villain down. And supposedly they thought that the Shredder was dead, but nope. He returns with the Foot Clan, destroys April's apartment. All of April's dreams went up in smoke. So the beautiful little antique store that she kept open for her father was destroyed. The, uh, uh, all of her uh, machine, everything that she owned was destroyed. So with the help of Casey Jones, and after Leonardo was mortally wounded, they uh, escape from uh, this antique store from the Foot Clan. They escape into uh, a farmhouse that April uh, owns, and they stay there for a good long time. Okay. They uh, stay there until uh, that uh, they stay there for a good long time. Not until the storyline returned to New York did they do that. And that, that's when the two creators eventually came back to the book because they let a lot of writers write them and write specials for them and so forth. Okay? So uh, then they finally face down the shredder uh, once for all. And, and eventually uh, uh, defeat him in this storyline. They run into clones of the Shredder, and they run into the Triceratopsins again. And the last part of the story, the Shredder is ultimately defeated. So this leads into a giant storyline called Return to, New, uh, Return to New York and then City at War with this giant storyline with a girl that's introduced called Karai. She comes in uh, later on. Eventually, find out that she is the Shredder's daughter. In the comics, it wasn't as uh, the black and white comics. It was not as complicated. Later on, it becomes a little more complicated in uh, her being the uh, Shredder's daughter. Raj ends his black and white run with the Turtles, April and Casey, going their separate ways. Um, Raj returns in a color form for a second time, and uh, lasts for a good long while. At the same time when this was going on, they did a book called Tales of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which always began with, let me tell you a story. That was always their introduction. And that introduces Leatherhead, the alligator mutant, uh, who has mixed origins. In the cartoon, he's different. In the comics, he's... Just this alligator who gets exposed to mutagen and now is trying to survive. So the turtles give him their old lair. And the Rat King. One of my favorite panels in comics has this 
Rat King uh, returned. He returns also in the City at War storyline. And he sort of just wandered around in the, this big one story. And he's, he says, I'm a, a monster. And he says, everyone fears me except the rats. I always thought that that was really dramatic. Uh, around the same time, from 1988 to 1995, Archie Comics teams up with Mirage Studios to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures. Okay? And these were done in color, and these followed the original TV miniseries first. That's the first miniseries you see. And then they, you see them again as they do this. So both men were given carte blanche. The, uh, Archie said to do whatever you want. So uh, one of the artists said that he was watching it on television and drawing it at the same time. So here we get to, into more or less a lot of the same things that are, de- uh, are debated in the animated TV show and in the comics, okay? For the first time in this series, we get introduced to the April that we know, April O'Neil as a reporter, okay? And uh, the henchmen Bebop and Rocksteady, the two punks that are turned into a rhinoceros and a warthog who wield uh, uh, blasters and laser guns, and the evil warlord from Dimension X. We get a lot about Dimension X and where he's from. Uh, the evil warlord, uh, Krang. Okay? Uh, let me talk about one of my favorite comics. This comic is very rare and it's a little hard to find, but if you can get your hands on it, you can do this. All this time, uh, Splinter retrains and helps April to become a ninja, a Konanich, which means female ninja. Okay? And here in this story, she's a full-grown woman, so she's wielding a katana, okay? Just one, not two like like her buddy Leonardo. And so she becomes more like them wearing that. So she gets rid of the yellow jumpsuit that she usually wears with the white boots and wears just uh, regular clothes. We're introduced to a... A fox uh, uh, samurai girl becomes friends with Raphael and becomes his girlfriend after a while. So April uh, is investigating some aliens uh, and disappearances by people. So her and this friend of hers uh, are on the same trail, and both of them actually bump into each other. They're captured by these aliens, and she's like, oh, I know who these guys are. And they expose them both to mutagens. So just like in the TV show, if you're near animals, you'll be exposed. So they were exposing animals to the mutagen, turning them into mutants, and turning people into mutants. So the girl becomes a flying squirrel. And what does April become? The fifth turtle. That's what this story is called, the fifth turtle. As a great cover of a turtle on silhouette, and you have no idea who she is, and it's it's April. So April uh, dons a white mask and white elbow pads and white knee pads and uh, doesn't get a belt buckle in this episode. It would have been cool if she got a belt buckle. 
Would she have changed her name? Who knows what would happen. By the end of the story, they defeat the aliens, return everyone to normal, and this white, uh, this mutagen is either yellow or orange. It's an anti-mutagen that can undo mutations. So uh, the girl and April have to make a decision, and a- April says, well, my friends love me. They, they, they care about me. I'll get used to this new body. I don't know how I'll do it, but I'll do it. And she says, thanks, April. And then she throws the mutagen, anti-mutagen in April and returns her to normal. And she's why? She says, well, I like uh, kind of being a flying squirrel. I like the ability to fly. You know, there you go. So she does it. Okay? If you can find that book, it's a really rare book, and it's really, really cool. So she's transported back to her human form. After that, uh, Image Comics takes over the comics from 1996 to 1999. After that, Maraj returns to 2000 and 2020. Currently, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are still being uh, published as a comic book, but with a little more darker edge when IDW from 2010 to the present. Okay? And uh, there, it's a lot more different. We screw around with the origin a little bit differently. We kind of do it uh, that Splinter and uh, the Turtles. We also talk about a lot about reincarnation a little bit in the, in the old stories and the Shredder and what his relationship to them is and so forth. And that the Turtles have always been brothers and they were... Uh, mutated by accident by uh, by April and Splinter. Eventually, she helps him. And this cat, this alley cat, who is this mutant alley cat, and we get Bebop and Rocksteady in more violenter forms. We get uh, many more uh, aliens and monsters that uh, appear in the turtle universe. We also get another girl turtle who was injured in a a battle and she was dying so Leonardo and uh, gave her a blood transfusion and gave her mutagen and turned her into a girl turtle there she wears a yellow uh, mask okay we'll get into why they wear different masks from the comics to that because that was more explored in the animated TV series okay uh, so the two original creators return to uh, the comics uh, yet again. During the pandemic in 2020, they decided that they're going to uh, return to this comic. They had a story that was in a drawer for a long time called The Last Ronin. Okay? And so there was a lot of speculation. Who is The Last Ronin? It just had a picture of one turtle who is uh, uh, donning all the turtles' weapons. Leonardo's swords, Michelangelo's nunchakos, Raphael's size, and Donatello's bow. And so Splinter is gone, Casey Jones is gone, and all the four turtles are gone too. So who is this guy? Many people speculated it was April, mutated into a turtle, 
Many people speculated it might be anybody. Turns out, spoiler alert, it's Michelangelo. This book is a little bit harder to find, and it's oversized, so it has like a a magazine kind of feel to it, just like the original uh, comics run when it first ran. So you have to uh, kind of find a a magazine bag and board in order to uh, store it uh, properly. Okay? So he, uh, poor Michelangelo has to put his fun-loving personality aside to really practice being a ninja and stop the Foot Clan once and for all in order to bring Ronin means samurai or ninja without a clan or without a family. Okay. That more or less covers what's going on in the comics and what happened in the classic comics, too. IDW also uh, does the classic Ninja Turtles comics. If you've missed them, you can buy a big anthology book that has all the books plus tales of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think in black and white and in color. Next time on Anto Knows, the Turtles invade television and popular culture will never be the same. I'll see you again on another Anto Knows.